You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, we have a treat. We have an amazing writer. Homie has worked with the big wigs like the Marvel and the DC, some of the premieres with Dynamite. Now he got a fire project that he's working with, uh, with his little girl, his daughter. You know what I mean? Uh, it's called A Haunted Girl from Image Comics. Available now. Let me introduce the one, uh, the only Mr. Ethan Sachs. Whip, how you doing, homie? I got to say, that's the best introduction I've ever had. I feel like running into the wrestling ring right now. I get, I get my Let's butt go. kicked, but but yeah. Like, you and me both. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. All right, so Kiddo, thank, thank you for taking some time today uh, out your busy schedule because I know that the management of your Comic-Con is, is basically upon us the eve of it, and I know you're definitely going to be there because you got rock and roll projects, so uh, we're going to get into this one. But for those that don't know who Mr. Sachs is, can you give us a little bit about yourself, Ethan, where you're originally from? And what was the first thing in fandom that you ever fell in love with? Okay, well, I'm born and raised New Yorker. In fact, I'm now 50 years old, and I've made it 50 blocks down south from the hospital where I was One born. One block a year? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've moved around between them, but like, uh, I'm back pretty close to where I was born. The very first fan thing I remember at all was one of my first memories is seeing Star Wars in 1977 in the theater. I was four years old and the memory is so vivid of seeing the Star Destroyer going over my head and the John Williams score and everything. And I remember turning to look at my father. It was like, this was the greatest thing I ever saw. My father died in 1995, but it's like, he's still alive. The memory is so vivid. So yeah. So, but I've, I've loved Star Wars ever since. And I started reading comics not long after that. I started with The Flash, but then discovered Marvel as well. So, How did uh, the comics? Was it a self-discovery or or somebody hand one to you? Oh, my dad, just to get me to read. I think I was like maybe five years old and he brought some old Flash, John Broom written Flash books. I thought The Flash was the coolest thing I ever saw, like just a streak of red. So that was like my first entry. And then later on, I just... I love the X-Men and, you know, Star Wars comics, just a lot of uh, Micronauts. I have a Micronauts number one autographed by Michael Golden uh, on my oh, shelf oh, right, right, right above this computer. Yeah. So cool, man. Your pop is taking you to Star Wars, giving you comic books, you know, yeah. posting you to pop culture. Literally, you know, I guess huh? he's going <laughs> to put you on this road over here. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's great. Uh, were you a, a lone wolf in your fandom, in your geekdom when you were growing uh, up? In tribe? I mean, I had a lot of friends. I remember, <laughs> but I remember like Star Wars was so big in, in 1977, 78, you know, so I even remember being on a train. My family was going to Disney World and we like we took the Amtrak train overnight and I was walking down like the car and I had and I saw these like in a compartment, I saw these two kids, I think they were brothers, playing Star- with Star Wars action figures. And I said, I'll be right back. And I went and I had this sack of, of action figures. And I came and just dumped it on the floor. And we played the whole trip with these two strange <laughs> strangers about my age or maybe a little older. So, yeah. yeah. So, 
It's a that, pretty pretty good great. time to be a kid. So talk to me then. All right. So all right. So great. You know, you were exposed. You had you had, you had a tribe. You, when did the creative spark come? When did you start? You know, wanting to get involved and start doing things. Well, as far as comics goes, I didn't think that. I never thought that's like a real job that someone could do. I thought it was like Keebler elves in a tree. You know, like I didn't. I didn't think <laughs> human humans made comics. I don't know what I thought, but I always loved writing. So, you know, my parents were like, you know, find a a job where you can actually get paid writing. And so I ended up going into it as a newspaper reporter and I ended up covering comic books and sci-fi and the walking dead and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's funny because I was one of the younger people in the features department at the time and no one else had any interest in this stuff. So I just got to do this because there wasn't any competition to to do it. I want, Nobody wants this geeky stuff out, dude. I know it sucks. I know, and like I got to go, I got to go to New Zealand for The Hobbit, right? So like I was in, I I looked like a sausage. I got to take my family too, so I was with my little daughter, and who was like I don't know maybe eight at the time, and we got to do performance capture, like with the Oscar-winning effects people, and I. I would never want to do this to the audience where they'd have to see me in that gray lycra suit because I look like a sausage <laughs> stuffed, stuffed in there. Did not have the build. You see a lot of the performance capture actors, they're really like really tightly built and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't uh, feel it, brother. You, you know, we got the dad bots. I know if I put myself yeah. like that, I'll probably do like, like yeah. a sausage sign, you know? Sun's off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. But anyway, it was a cool, it was a cool job. Uh, and the way I got into comics from it was I ended up becoming very good friends with Joe Casada over the years, and things were not going well. At the newspaper. Him, Just from covering, like one of my first big stories was in 2001, talking about the the sort of hotshot young editor in chief who was bringing Marvel out of bankruptcy, and I just you know just talked to him many times over the years. We became friends, but. Long story short, I interviewed this actor who played Greedo in talking about who shot first. And that gave me an idea of for to, to do a comic book about the murder investigation because you'd have different witnesses. It'd be structured like this Japanese movie called Rashomon, which if, for those of you out there who don't know what that is, it's, it's a Kurosawa movie where directed by the great Kurosawa based on a novel of a murder in feudal Japan and all the witnesses are telling completely different versions. So I thought it'd be funny to do that with the murder investigation to Greedo. And long story short, I asked if he'd read it. And he said, sure, whatever. He was not excited. But he said he said he would do it. And then I didn't hear anything for like months. And then I went to Japan to visit my in-laws with my wife and, and kid. And the plane lands at JFK on September 7, 2016. I get this email that would change my life. I was email from Joe and it, uh, the subject line was like F Greedo. And basically, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, he must have really hated it. But then I look at it and, and he was like, to to water it down a bit, he's like, never mind, Greedo, you can actually write, you know, this is like one of the best first scripts I've ever read. I'd like to, you know, circulate it around Marvel. Long story short, that that ended up getting me eventually the gig for Old Man Hawkeye, which was like my first big thing. So I ended up leaving. Yeah, I ended up leaving the newspaper, and yeah, the rest is history. But that's crazy. I mean, you get a, a big character like a Hawkeye to do first, because especially with his popularity 
because of the Avengers a movie franchise and whatnot. Then the cartoon, you know, Hawkeye's pretty a pretty big land for for our first uh, project. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I was very lucky. Like, I think you know, I had a pitch ready to go. I knew it was a, a prequel to Old Man Logan, so I, you know, I had this pitch. I did a lot of research, pulled a lot of all nighters, and I wanted because the editor, I knew the editor was going to talk to other writers, and so I wanted to come up with something. And he also said he was going on vacation. The great Mark Basso was the editor. And so I was like, you know what? I want to get it to him before he goes on vacation. Because he's like, you know, I'll be back in like a week. And then I'll look at all the things. But I figured if I get it, maybe he reads it on the plane. Yeah. Whatever. Well, like, I, get, I get a head start. I get a head start. So I don't know if that's why I got it or what. But I ended up getting it. You just got him in the vacation mood. He was happy. He picked yeah, it up. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's on a beach. made him happier. <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he's on a beach drinking something out of a coconut. I don't know. But, but he, he had it in front of him. So... I figured I got a head start. Amazing. So then you got that, and then you also wound up then, you know, working on the on the franchise that uh, you fell in love with first, eventually. And Star Wars, what was yeah. that day like when they gave you the opportunity and you saw the words, you got a Star Wars book? Well, I got to tell you, like the the first thing was I started, I, I did a an annual, Silver Surfer annual with this editor, assistant editor, like young guy, Tom Groneman, who was in the Star Wars office at the time. And we just had such a great experience that he was like, yeah, you know, maybe I can bring you in to do a Star Wars thing. So like the very first story that I wrote for Star Wars and getting that art back and I created a <laughs> my daughter makes fun of me because I co-created this character with with uh, Paolo Villanelli actually did the art for this very first Mace Windu. It was a Mace Windu story in Age of the Republic special. And I had this character, Guataco. Wataco the something, I can't even remember now, but he was like a warlord. And in this 10-page story, he dies by page eight. And I was like, I created this new character. If I introduced this new character in Star Wars universe, I was so excited. And my daughter was like, yeah, but you killed him by page eight. <laughs> like he's, he's had an eight-page run and that's well, it. No one's going to remember this character because he's lasted eight whole pages. And I was like, okay, I learned a lesson here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah so it's like my first contribution kind of no one remembers him because he died in yeah. eight pages later but well, hopefully we got a backstory one day of the, you, you keep the memory alive yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah excellent I, I, i'm digging all right so then you got other opportunities elsewhere after that yeah. right i mean the world started opening up for you you know how did that feel that like you started kind of now navigating and getting access to more and different characters and even different parts? i mean it's fantastic like it it to play in the sandbox with all these characters you know like 45 years ago i was i was playing on the floor of a train with these star wars action figures and now i'm i'm at my computer pretty much doing the same thing you know just playing with these characters so <laughs> So it's proof that you don't ever have to grow up. But yeah, so it, it's it's been fantastic. I never get jaded, you know, working on a project that hasn't been announced yet that, you know, has a character I just really love. So a Star Wars character I really love. So yeah. We need it. Oh, I, so is it an OG? Can you say, okay, oh, what's the other? <laughs> I can't. Oh, you want to kill this character in eight pages? <laughs> I, I I will not be able to kill this character even if I okay. wanted to, and I definitely don't want to. So, all right, excellent, excellent. All right, so you know, we give it enough attention to the big ones, all right? Because you got a fire project out now, right? That happens to be a collaboration with your daughter Naomi. Yep. Shout out, shout out. Share that experience of working together 
with your daughter and, and how it influenced the whole creative process. For this particular book that I'm bringing up right here, A Haunted Girl, folks, look at that. Yeah, so A Haunted Girl comes out Wednesday, October 11th, so literally tomorrow from when we're talking. And it is four and a half years in the making. It's basically Naomi, myself, and the other part of the creative triangle is artist Marco Lorenzana. You know, and we also have like great other talent. I like to say we have a great rhythm section in our band in colorist Andre Mosa and letterer Jaime Martinez. And basically, this dates back to four and a half years ago. And, and to get a little personal, my daughter was hospitalized with severe depression and was feeling suicidal. And it kind of, for us, like we missed so many warning signs and came, came out of nowhere. But, you know, you feel guilty and powerless as a parent. And I remember. Because I was I was writing a script for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in the hospital cafeteria between visiting hours, right? So I, I would stay there as long as I could between visiting hours while she was in the hospital. And, you know, I'm trying to have deadlines. I'm trying to get this in. And I was like so distracted, obviously. And I was like, you know what? What if I could write a story that would inspire her to like want to, you know, persevere, want to keep battling and like, and maybe other people, you know, to, to want to persevere and keep battling. And so I wrote down in a notebook, I always carry a reporter's notebook with me. I wrote down uh, just one line, and that was, the fate of all life on earth rests with a girl who doesn't know if she wants to live. And I was like, what would that story look like if one person who can save the world needs to save herself too? And so I was like, that's all I had at that time. And over the months that followed, like we kind of fleshed out a story with Marco. It was just him and I. Uh, we came close to actually getting a deal in February of 2020. And as we're talking it through, the pandemic hits, and the publisher was like, "I'm sorry, like we're just we're backtracking on a bunch of stuff." Oh. You know. So then, you know, it took another little while. But fast forward to about a year ago, and I was like, you know, my daughter's in a much better place. Would she want to write this with me? Because like it would be so much more authentic. It would be so much more like inspirational. I thought. Maybe it'd be good for her too. So I approached her and she was interested. And so like, yeah, it's a whole other level than what it would have been. I always, I always joke, you know, that meme, Steve Buscemi from 30 Rock, where he's like dressed up as a high schooler with the skateboard. And he's like, how's it going, you know, fellow kids? And it's like, if I'm writing teenage dialogue, is it going to sound like that? So like having her do all the teenage characters, do the hospitalization scene, the therapy scenes, like it added authenticity it added like heart um, you know, and yeah. I, I think it's a much better book because of her it's wonderful actually because you know i'm also a, a, a parent of a daughter and so you could see that in the writing that interaction actually between the characters it felt really genuine very well done and, Thank you. and, and yeah you could see that i mean and look at these covers i mean who did this cover yeah. first of all that's okay my... well first of all that's joe casada i was talking about him earlier he is I one of my uh, dearest friends he was there for me during all this stuff as a friend and he not only did this because you know he's a busy guy he's doing covers for batman you know among many secret projects and you know this is like a an indie book. And so, but he not only did it, he gave it to us as a gift because he's like, I want to support this cause. Because wow. like the one thing I want to mention is it isn't just a, a kind of cool story. Like we partnered with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. They have a guide in the back. You know, we partnered with like therapists and other people to do sensitivity reading. Like we, we, we want this to be 
like a healing thing for some, you know, we want everyone to love the story and find it entertaining. But for some people who maybe can relate to it a bit more closely, like we want it to, to be like, you know, a powerful, positive thing in their lives. So, so yeah. So anyway, he gifted this to try to help us do that. And that next cover that you were going to show us is Fico Osteo, who Ooh. I'm working with on several projects that I don't think have been announced yet, but is one of the fav- my favorite artists of all time, and he gifted that to us as well. Really? So, yeah. Look so that spider creature. Yeah, I know. Look that at those. He, he colored that himself too. Like, man, yeah. that's that's like, yeah, yeah. I love the covers on this book. Like, I can't wait to one through. So there are four issues, right? Because we wanted to wrap up the story, have a very definitive story, huh. and all four. Like, wait till you see the covers for like all of them. There's like I think thirteen or fourteen covers total. Yeah, but you even got a Walking Dead uh, a special. Right yeah, there. yeah. So you Image was like, <laughs> image, like, yeah, because this is an Image book and because October was the 20th anniversary of the first issue, it, yeah, we got to do a Walking Dead variant. And that's Jeff. You muted yourself. For some, your headset probably died. And sorry about that, folks. Technology, but you're on mute right now. So if you change your microphone on your settings. Oh, there we go. So. Hey. Also, my, also, my VCR clock is blinking. If you can help me fix that. <laughs> All right. So where was I? Oh, so this is the Walking Dead variant. Jeff Edwards is the artist. He's done a lot of like awesome Transformers covers. I actually, I, I, and he'll back me up on this. I actually discovered him like 12 years ago in an airport when I was working for Wizard Magazine on the side. Oh, and, oh you did some Wizard stuff? Where am I? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of, of the magazine, I was the TV and movies editor. Uh, while I was still at the Daily News. But anyway, so, but I saw him in an airport on my way to San Diego and he's just doing for Comic-Con and he's just doing like these sketches for kids, like Venom and other stuff. And it was so good. So I, I got his number and we hired him to do, fortunately the magazine folded before it came out, but he did all these, like I, I did, I talked to a bunch of directors who had never done comic book movies on like what their passion project would be if they did sci-fi or, or comic book movies. And uh, he drew all these like drawings for like mock-ups of their ideas. And they were so good in so many different styles. So I, I kept in touch with him. And since on his own, he's gone on to, to work for like IDW and other places. So yeah, he did this. And this is an homage to the Walking Dead 50, number 50 cover, which that classic cover where Carl is pointing a gun at this like zombie horde. So we, we did a play with Cleo, who's our main character, and, and Carl. Yeah, so it's pretty. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a fire cover, and you know, cracking in there. Let's talk about that partnership with your artist. I mean, how did that even come about, and how does that, how does his artistic style contribute to the overall narrative? So Marco is an awesome collaborator. He was actually the artist on my very first Marvel thing, which was an eight-page story in a like anthology series that was tied to Secret Empire. It was called Brave New World was the anthology series. And we did a Daily Bugle story and he was so good. And he's like, I want to work with you again. And so years later, we did a one shot creator own thing that was released by Heavy Metal, but it kind of came and went and it's called Intrusion. It was like a one shot flip book kind of horror thing. And so he's been a part of this for, for even longer than that book. Like we've been working on this for four and a half years. So he's been doing sketches and like coming up with ideas and a lot of the inspiration for this is you know you, you've seen a bit of is our japanese horror movies like the grudge and oh, yeah. the ring and like you know the japanese versions you know and 
dark water and all these kind of things. And so he loves that. So like you can see a lot of the visuals like are very inspired. And who's your letter too? Love love the letter. I mate Martinez. Yeah, I know he's fantastic. He also worked on uh, Intrusion is with us as well. He's a good friend of of Marcos. That's how we found him. And Andre Mosa, the colorist, was my colorist on Old Man Hawkeye. So okay. yeah, a lot of like you know, a lot of uh, going back on these bridges is what you got. Yeah, yeah, like you know, you know what I mean. And, and, and that's wonderful bringing back people you work with. I mean, because wonderful over on the coloring. I mean, look at that, that last panel. That is some creepy stuff right there. It is pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like the whole the whole thing is meant to feel like a PG thirteen horror movie, you know, like because we want it to be accessible for like teenagers, you know, too. But it wanted, you know, because like when you go through this, it feels like a horror movie. It feels scary, you know, and and so we wanted to, you know, the story without spoiling too much, like is empowering and cathartic. But you you have you go through some scares to get there, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Damn, there's a scene there that's. I was like, oh damn. I mean, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's just a comic book, but geez, I even asked, oh nah, nah. I'm, that scene wouldn't last very long with me there. I, I would be out immediately. Book over. <laughs> yeah. That's oh yeah, exactly. Because this this is one of those scenes that kind of lose. You get start getting an idea between these pages of what what could possibly be going on with this young lady. Yeah. Well, you know, like, you know what happened to the last to this. Yeah, basically the story revolves around this teenager, Cleo, who just turned 16. She's just out of the hospital. She's struggling to like reintegrate back to school. And on top of that, she has some sort of weird connection. At first, she doesn't believe it, you know, but she has this connection to ghosts and a supernatural kind of doom that's kind of coming. And, you know, it turns out that, you know, she's the only one who can stop it potentially, you know, and so you know, she has to find the the willpower, the strength, inner strength that she has to like, you know, kind of work through her struggles and in the process, like save the day. So let me ask you, did you face any challenges while crafting a soup, the supernatural horror series? And uh, how did you overcome them? If so, I mean, I think, you know, the challenge is always like coming up with the, with the, mythology and making it make sense and then you're like looking i was like well did that make sense and like you keep going back and and redoing it and try and then it's like oh my god this is really complicated and then you got to simplify it so like i think behind the scenes like hopefully by the time we're done and that was my job not you know my daughter was 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 dealing less with that so yeah. i had to make sure we didn't topple this like emotional story with like way too much you know exposition and way too much like like a dense plot, you know? So it was a lot, that was like, for me, for me personally, that was like the biggest struggle, you know, just to, to try to make it make sense, still be awesome, but not be overcomplicated. So like, that sounds easy, but trust me, it's not. No, no, absolutely not. Exactly. You also don't want to be sounding over preaching and be something over the head. You want, you know, yeah. things kind of align and have the reader, yeah. you know, go through that journey. So yeah, definitely not. There's why I love great writers, you know, and you're, you're definitely one of them. So, all right. So, Jimmy's uh, published by by Image Comics. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Ziggy Publishing? Syzygy. So, Syzygy is an imprint run by Chris Ryle, who's like a longtime industry veteran, awesome guy. And I got to give him a shout out because this book would never be made without him. You know, we That's- brought it around to a bunch of places. We actually got a you know a fair offer from a from a pretty cool publisher. 
but most of the places that we brought it to just like either didn't want to tackle the subject matter of, you know, of, you know, suicide and, and that kind of stuff. But also like, you know, a lot of places were like, I don't know, like if you're going to aim, for, you know, for teenagers and like you want to do it more manga style or whatever. And I was like, I want this to feel like a PG 13 horror movie. Like I kind of feel like if you have a classic horror movie, teenagers are going to love it but also people who are not like can still appreciate it like you know i'm not i'm not trying to make it you know too i'm not trying to make it what like i, I had a vision i think and i, I was not going to change artists like marco is a brother from another mother you know like he i think he's done a great job and like you know chris took a chance on us it's not it's not necessarily the most obvious yeah this is going to be a you know a hollywood movie you know <laughs> like it's not necessarily that kind of thing like it's it's a book with a deep personal message and and i think an important one and i think we're i think we're like resonating with more people than i hoped like you know my daughter and i were just on local tv today and you know our our initial orders were like twice what we were expecting and so like all this kind of stuff leads me to believe that there are people out there that want to see stories like this told Yes, we do. It's important. I mean, a lot of kids are going through this. Parents know that. As, as comic book collectors, we have people in the community even that, that are struggling. So, you know, thank you for even doing that. And I'm kind of embarrassed for those publishers that don't, you know, that are afraid to tackle these subjects. I mean, comic books is a wonderful medium in which to do it. Why not? I mean, be brave and bold. Let's go. <laughs> well, in their in their defense, you know, the economic, they always have to think about it, you know, because they're... Yeah, but it's Ethan Sachs, it's Marco, Naomi, you know, Ophico. I mean, you guys, it's a a Super Voltron team with a beautiful book. How can they say no? I mean, but you know what? It's their loss, and it's a win for for, for Image. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're lucky. I mean, like, you know, Syzygy and Image are are pretty pretty cool people to, to be taking us on this journey. All right, so I, I, I need I need another sign here. A couple, just a couple of things before we go. Can you provide some insights then into the world building process for for Haunted Girl and, sure. and the, the characters a bit? Yeah. So so as I mentioned, Cleo is the main character. You know, this is a lot about her journey. She is an adopted Japanese, half Japanese American girl, and a lot of her back. So my daughter is also half Japanese, and I originally when I created Cleo and a lot has changed when my daughter sort of took over her, but it was very much, I wanted my daughter to recognize herself in this character. So there are little things like Cleo is kind of spent a lot of time in her youth on like martial arts as a, as like a hobby or, you know, sport that she's into. My daughter did figure skating. My daughter had a knee injury. Cleo had a knee injury, you know, so there are certain things that like, I wanted her to resonate. Fleur is a Mexican American girl who's her best friend. Marco is Mexican. He was very important for him to like, you know, we wanted to to have a book where you recognize yourself, you know, like it isn't just, you know, a homogenous group of people or whatever. The therapist Marcy is is sort of very loosely patterned on Naomi's real life therapist, like just a kind of fun, funny, empathetic person and not like your stereotype of, you know, the kind of cold therapist. Like we wanted to show like you know, because a, a major part of Naomi's, you know, progress has been like trusting a therapist and like having that connection. And, and Gus is not all that much like me. Gus is the adopted father. I can't really tell you too much 
without spoiling things, but you know, he certainly voices some of the things like when I was, my wife and I were starting out on our mental health journey with Naomi, we would sometimes say the wrong things like, you know, kind of, you know, Oh, you're, you're not going to school like, you know, three days in a row, like, you know, college stuff is coming up. You have to think of it like, we're just, you know, dumping this extra pressure and like, you know, so some of that made it in there, even if Gus, I don't think is that much like me. You know, I can't really talk about too much about the supernatural thing. There's a lot of Japanese. It's only the first issue that you guys got to pick up on, the, you know, that dropped on the 11th. And, you know, yeah. if you happen to be a New York Comic Con, you could get them there too. Every every single cover, right? I mean, are you going to be tabling at the con or what? What was popping there? So I'm doing a Naomi, Marco, and I. The only time the three of us will be doing a signing together is at New York's Forbidden Planet on Wednesday night, 6 p.m our release party and then naomi and i are on an image comics panel on friday morning i don't think we're doing signings there because image doesn't have a booth and i'm not tabling this year so but if anyone finds me i'm happy to sign at any point i am i'm hitting the road by myself california golden apple comic bug i'm I'm going to like i think seven (laughs) yeah like every i'm i'm cashing in all those miles on my (laughs) airline miles and i'm staying crashing on friends couches and i'm going across you know hitting georgia florida greensboro north carolina anywhere i can go and then i'm going to end up in montreal and my daughter's going to meet me there we're going to do two signings thanksgiving weekend so like for two months i'm pretty much going to be on the road almost nonstop. oh well man you see i got you pumped up like the wrestler and you're living the life of a wrestler yeah. the road, you know what i mean kicking ass you know what i mean awesome there we go yeah i want to meet as many fans as possible and yeah, just hoping. A lot of fans are going to thank you for this. A lot, yeah. I think a lot of kids and fans are going to thank you for this project. Because again, you know, yes, I have a daughter that, and that she suffered from, from from some of this. Yeah, absolutely. And this day and age, you know, a lot of kids suffer from anxiety. COVID didn't yeah. help either, you yeah. know? So, yeah. uh, you know, you know mine's my, my supposed to be going to college. And then, so, you know, her life changed from on campus to remote out of nowhere. Poor girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's their generation it's really tough. Yeah. And you, you know, you throw in all the existential like threats that they have that, you know, I guess oh, like we grew up with like maybe cold war or whatever, you know, you're worried about maybe nuclear. They have like five things to worry about. They have climate change, mass shootings, uh, oh, yeah, everything, everything yeah. to worry about. So yeah. And then they see it on social media. Like there's no protection, like, you there's know, no filter to anything. Unfortunately, yeah, anymore. At least in a day. We weren't plugged in all the time. We played yeah, outside. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> so I think it's I think it's a little rough for their generation. You know, I think that's one of the many reasons why you're seeing like depression rates, anxiety rates, everything like skyrocketing. So yeah. The, but the other thing too is the one benefit they have is my generation, like no one talked about this stuff. Like we just you know, you were told to power through it. Or yeah. like don't don't Often tell it. Too, it's like Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like I think now people are more supportive and realize it, and you know all this kind of stuff. So um, I think it just goes back to us being told toughen up and us not feeling right or comfortable. What you mean toughen up? I need you. I need. I'm trying to talk to you. So you know, I think that we came with that understanding. Like you know, maybe they need to talk, and and if someone heard us, we we would have probably felt better at that time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's all generational. (laughs) I think. Well, all right. So beyond a haunted girl, you know. So you know, what? What besides the the the, the uh, convention scenes? Any upcoming projects or collaborations you're looking forward to that you could actually start talking about? 
I'm trying to think like what I can actually talk about. Like uh, he's in the secret life. Look at that. You know, he's going on a trip. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working on some talk about things. Are you sure you're not CIA? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, I I have a a pretty cool graphic novel that was announced called Blood Rage that Fico Asio, the the guy who did that awesome cover, is the artist on. It's it's like a Viking supernatural, very gory graphic novel based on a popular. Video board game by uh, come on called blood rage same same title so that's coming out sometime 2024 i don't know exactly when i don't know if they've set a date marco kiketo did the cover marco kiketo is my artist on old, most of old man hawkeye so he can't escape me yeah so yeah that's pretty cool that's probably the only thing i can actually say that isn't out yet because everything else has not been announced yet so sorry no way no way but, but it, I, it I will tell you this i'm working me. right now on four separate things that I cannot announce and they're all awesome. And I'm so overwhelmed because it's just like a lot of stuff to do every month. Oh, bro. Battle your brain. What yeah. Yeah. But they're all so cool and I cannot wait to share them. Yay. Can't wait either. And I do hope I get to see you at New York Comic Con. Yeah. And folks, I've been showing this off. You can follow our man Ethan right here on X and Instagram at Ethan J. Sachs. Link is below. Most importantly, you got to pick up this book, A Haunted Girl from Image Comics, dropping tomorrow at your LTS, a variety of covers. Pick your favorite and then go on the hunt for Ethan and get that baby signed. That's what you got to do, all right? And go listen to the panel, all right? Make your life easy. Go there Friday, all right? And if not, then maybe you just stalk the front of the place and as soon as it comes out, have him sign it. <laughs> the paparazzi for Ethan, all right? All right? Make, it, make it happen. And a big salute again to you. To your daughter Naomi and helping make this project again. I, I think it is a beautiful book and it, very genuine in the interactions between the father and daughter and, and her. How she acted again. I have a daughter, so I was like, wow, I, I'm related to the book. Just seeing, like, wow, yeah, okay, I, I see how short he is and I get it. So, you know, when you're saying that, not just for the teens, here I am, a 48, 48 year old man myself, saying, I enjoyed the hell out of this book. I'm really interested in seeing where it goes. Especially the way you left me on the cliffhanger uh, on that first issue. Like, okay. You actually even started that way, too. And I, what, wait a minute. The beginning leads to the end. Not really. Cause, oh, man, what is this thing? All right. I can't wait to find out. You tease, Ethan. You tease. All right. So, with that, Anthony, you know what it is. Follow Ethan. Follow Comic Crusaders everywhere. ComicCrusaders.com. You know, go, go check out the articles, the reviews. We got several stuff. Uh, Glowing reviews of Ethan's work there from my man Johnny and other team members that know how awesome Ethan is. All right, so Ethan, thank you again. Mi gente, thank you. Hasta la próxima. Much love. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Wepa. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 